Welcome to the Smith and Steward podcast. I'm Mrs. Smith, but you can call me Ellie, and my mission is to strengthen fellow homemakers as we faithfully steward our homes and the souls inside them. Here, we'll seek inspiration for everyday moments and answers to your questions about all things homemaking, including interior decorating, gardening, cooking and baking, tidying up, and much more. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back, fellow homemakers. I hope life is treating you well these days. As for me, I've been a little overwhelmed the past few weeks just trying to juggle all the different roles that I have, but I'm grateful because the Lord has allowed me to prioritize time with Him, to find rest, and to have the energy for some sweet moments of fellowship that seem to be characteristic this time of year. Now, I don't know about y'all, but to me, fall has always felt like the best time of year for gathering together, and I'm sure that has something to do with the the concept of harvesting and gathering the crops, as well as obviously with the Thanksgiving celebration that wraps up the end of the season. So what better time of year than now, as autumn is just beginning, for us to talk about hospitality? I'm planning to do an entire episode just on getting ready for specifically Thanksgiving later this fall, but today I want to dig into the heart of a hostess, what it truly means to be hospitable, and how you can prepare your heart and your home for guests, as well as some fun practical tips that you can utilize before gathering your loved ones together under your roof. So to get ready for this episode, I've been reading and listening a lot about hospitality and what makes a great hostess. And what I've found is that my previous understanding of the role was only the tip of the iceberg. See, I used to see a hostess as someone who opened her home to guests, potentially strangers, but especially close family and friends, and who made that space beautiful, comfortable, and welcoming so that those people could feel at home. But what I've discovered is that hospitality is so much more than that. Now, remember, I told y'all my life has been a little hectic lately. So if you're anything like me or like my close friends who are coincidentally feeling the same stress and busyness in this season, you may be listening to me saying this and thinking, oh no, I was going to have a hard enough time being a good hostess before. I've already got so much on my plate and now there are more expectations for me to meet and manage. Now, if that's you, please don't feel that way because what I discovered about hospitality is that it has a wider range of creativity than I knew and a deeper impact on people's hearts, but in fact, it has less pressure on you as the hostess. Hospitality is not just entertaining. It's not simply having friends come for dinner. It's not throwing lavish parties or even simple barbecues. It's a heart posture that opens your home to others and gives them yourself. You're not supposed to be the hostess with the mostess competing for people's attention and putting on a pleasant event hoping they'll invite you to the next one that they host. You're simply called to love those who need loving. I hope that's a relief to hear. I actually love the phrase hostess with the mostess probably because I enjoy rhymes and plays on words, but reframing my personal thinking on the task of being a hostess honestly took some pressure off my shoulders. I don't have to have the mostess. As long as I seek to welcome others, I'll be doing this job well. One of my all-time favorite homemakers and authors, Sally Clarkson, writes, Hospitality comes from the same root word as hospital, hospice, and hotel. 
Behind the words is the idea that hospitality seeks to provide for, protect, and care for the person who stays in your home. Hospitality is really committing to caring for the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of someone as long as they are in your home. Now, I think Sally's definition of hospitality here is helpful because it's another reminder about that heart posture. Whether your guest is staying overnight in a spare bedroom or simply joining you for a meal one evening, you are caring for them for that time. As a hostess, you seek to heal people's hearts by giving them your own. But let's be honest, it's a vulnerable thing, inviting people into your home. They are able to usually see the real state of affairs. If you have too much stuff in your guest bathroom cabinets, like I do, they're probably going to find out. If you have dusty baseboards or cobwebs in the ceiling corners, then they'll be able to see those. They're not just passing by on the street waving hello or even stopping by the front door. They've crossed the threshold. They're tasting a meal you prepared. They're sitting on the couch with you. They're experiencing your home alongside you. And if that idea seems uncomfortable or even scary for you, then you probably struggle with vulnerability. And that's not unreasonable, but... There is a very good side to being vulnerable. When we show our real selves to others, they're able to feel more comfortable showing their real selves to us. If we're all pretending that everything's a-okay when it's not, then we never give each other a chance to heal the parts that are hurting. Things that are masked and brushed off, hidden away inside our hearts, will more than likely continue to rot there. But by bringing things out into the open, talking about them and encouraging one another in the struggles we've also walked through, by that, healing can begin. Okay, don't worry though, you don't have to provide your guests with a full-on therapy session as a hostess. You can simply invite someone over for dinner or let them stay the night on your couch. But when they come, accept them just as they are and show them who you really are as well. It's inviting people into the real life that you're already living that is what I think is key to hospitality. Sure, it's fun to throw parties and entertain, and I definitely plan on talking about that subject in future episodes, but if your goal with being a hostess is to love people as I think it should be, then all you have to do is invite them into what you're already doing. It doesn't have to be a special five-course meal. You can make hamburger helper and tell your lonely neighbor that you've saved her a seat. For some people, that is the nicest example of home that they'll ever experience. Now, this makes me really sad to think about, but the truth of our culture today is there's a lot of broken families, hurting homes, and lonely people. You might not think that you're offering them much by simply inviting them to bake cookies with you one afternoon, but it could truly be world-changing for them. As a homemaker, you are a rarity today. The place you've made for your family is unique and special, and though you may not think of it as much, it could be a huge blessing to someone else. With our hearts in this place, ready to give of ourselves in service of others, I want to run through five simple tips for easy and impactful hospitality. First, simply extend the invitation. If your schedule is too busy to connect with other people, then your schedule is straight up too busy. If you have a desire to be hospitable, then making that a priority involves actually getting something on your schedule. For me, I really struggle with planning anything without a month's notice these days, which I beat myself up over it a lot. But what I end up doing is being honest with the person and saying, 
hey, I really want to connect with you and get coffee together or have you over for dinner, but I won't have time until the end of next month. Are you free then? And can we get something in the calendar? Now, by planning it now, you can show the person that they are a priority, even if you have a lot on your plate. It doesn't have to be something immediate and emergent. And also, when you do go ahead and get it on your schedule, even though there's a lot of busyness between now and then, you can actually follow through with having that coffee date or that dinner date at your home. Second, get creative with how you can be hospitable. It doesn't have to be a dinner party. It doesn't even have to be in your home, although I believe that's the best place. It is still good to build a relationship somewhere else if that's where you have to start. Now, this plays off of our first tip because I guarantee you there are things in your schedule that you're already doing that you can simply invite people into. Maybe you're going for a walk around your neighborhood three times a week. Does your friend want to get more exercise and live somewhat close? Then go ahead, invite her to meet you at your place the same time that you're going to go on your walk and simply do it together. Maybe you have a meal prep that you have to get done, putting your children's lunches together or some meals in the freezer for the week. And on a Sunday afternoon, when you're doing that, you can ask a person to come by and help you cook and maybe at the end indulge in some sweet treats along with your sweet conversation while you do. There are so many ways like this that you can enjoy one another's company. And I believe that by inviting people into these real moments of our lives, there's actually a lot more intimacy than at a simple dinner party. If I were invited to my friend's house for dinner, that's lovely. But if she wants to do her grocery shopping with me, that tells me we're close enough to do the real life stuff together, not just the fancy stuff. Tip number three, and this is applicable only for those creative gatherings that will take place in your actual home, make the space welcoming. Yes, this involves a quick tidy and maybe that doesn't sound too fun or too easy. If you feel like your home is a wreck and no one can see it, maybe you need to do the two-hour home reset that we talked about in last week's cleaning episode. Or maybe you're on top of things and simply need to wipe out the guest bathroom sink. Whatever needs tending to so that you feel comfortable with a guest seeing your home, go ahead and tend to it. Make sure your appearance is appropriate too because that's a little awkward to have to change after someone gets there. But don't worry about your home looking perfect. In fact, there are a lot of people who would say going over to someone's house that is perfectly put together with luxurious furniture and flawlessly cleaned surfaces makes them a little uncomfortable. You want your guests to feel like they can actually sit down and touch things without disrupting anything, but you also don't want it to be too messy. If someone sees a ruckus in your home, it's possible they'll assume that you weren't expecting them and they'll feel like a burden or an intrusion, which will also make them feel uncomfortable like they've disrupted something. So find the balance and make your space feel welcome. This can involve putting on some instrumental music in the background, lighting a favorite candle, and maybe dimming the lights a tad. There are ways like that that you can create a mood in your home. And I would really love to explore some of these things with you even more, but that will have to wait for another episode when we'll go in-depth into practical things you can do before company arrives. For now, just focus on what you want to do to make your space feel welcoming to someone. Maybe walk through your front door as if you were a guest. Look around at what you see from a guest's perspective, and then go from there from what you want to change. The fourth tip is to nourish your guests. 
There's just something about food and sharing it with one another that brings people together, whether it's a three-course meal around a table or a simple charcuterie board gathered by the sofa. Providing something tasty for people to snack on or feast on is a way to nourish their bodies, and when it's done together with conversation and company, it nourishes their souls as well. The last tip I have is to be intentional about connecting. It can be so easy to have people come over to your home and flat out miss the chance to truly connect with them. You've done all the prep work, inviting them in, being creative, sprucing up your space, and serving some food. But if you aren't intentional about seeking their heart and sharing your own, it's possible or even likely that they'll leave without feeling truly connected and truly filled. So how can you focus on this? The best thing I can suggest is to not let technology be a distraction. Put your phone away, turn off the TV, instead play some sort of engaging activity. If you struggle with conversation, joining together in an activity such as a board game or a card game or maybe baking together or one of the suggestions that we talked about in tip two, that can be a really easy way to both fill the time and make your guests feel involved. When the game isn't going, ask them about themselves. Be reciprocal in sharing about yourself too, but don't turn every single point of conversation back on you. That's often perceived as a little rude. Seek to know more about them and their situation, but don't push past what they're comfortable divulging at that point in your relationship either. There's a good chance though that being present in your welcoming home and having been nourished alongside you will help that person to feel more comfortable and more open. And in that case, put on your listening ears and open your heart. If you don't care what they have to say, you shouldn't have invited them over in the first place. People can tell if you truly care. On this note, you should care more about the person's heart than about whether their plate is put away. I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, but don't be the hostess that is constantly getting up from the conversation just because there's a homemaking task to be tended to. An easy way to help with this is to empty the trash, the dishwasher, and the sink before your company arrives. When they're here, just put dirty things in the sink or even leave them on the table until your guest departs. They'll be glad that you spent the time with them instead of tidying the kitchen, even if that is your tendency to clean immediately after dinner time on a regular night. All right, friends, I hope those five tips are some simple ways that can equip you to be a better and less stressed hostess. Remember, even if you don't follow those little tips, please focus on the heart of hospitality that we talked about at the beginning of today's episode. If you only remember one thing from today, that's what I hope you take with you, that hostessing is not about you, but about others, and your heart behind it can make a much deeper impact on someone's life than you may ever know. Now it is time for Stuart Sparkers, the part of the show where I share recipes, books, influencers, products, whatever it is that has sparked inspiration for me as a homemaker this week. This week's Stuart Sparker is a YouTuber named Honey Jubu, and I may be totally butchering that pronunciation, and if so, I sincerely apologize but she's someone that I've been watching for a while and have drawn a lot of inspiration from over the past several months. Her content is filled with a sense of wholesomeness and with a beautiful simplicity because she just focuses on what daily homemaking tasks are going on in her life that week. 
Now, she doesn't use the word homemaking specifically. She does uh, live in Seoul, South Korea, so her content is not originally in English. That may be the reason that it's not um, using the word homemaking, but I really think that is a very good description of what her content is. The way she puts her videos together is really relaxing and soothing, and though I've learned a lot, she never shares practical homemaking tips. She's just showing what a simple life can look like. Now, though I don't know her legal name or what her face looks like because she keeps her face and her family's faces out of the videos, probably for privacy, which I totally understand and appreciate, I still feel with every video like I'm there in her home, joining her in the kitchen as she prepares a lunch for her husband or her two children, or as she gives her sweet dog Lucy a haircut, or as she oils her wooden serving utensils and puts them away. It's very possible you've already heard of her channel, actually, because she's got almost 2 million subscribers. But the reason I wanted to share it today is because it makes me think of the word nourish that we explored in this episode. She cooks from scratch with clean and whole ingredients, and her table looks like a bountiful feast when she and her family sit down to eat at the end of the day. But the way she approaches her work is uncomplicated and seems undaunting too. It's inspired my own homemaking, and I hope it will inspire yours as well. And with that, friends, it's time to close today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this chapter of the Smith & Stewart podcast. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which has the largest listener base, or on your favorite podcatcher app. If there was a resource we discussed today that you'd like to learn more about, check out the show notes in the details section of this episode. And until next time, keep up with us by following us on Instagram at Smith & Stewart. See you soon. Thank you.